My name is Billy, and this is my bride and best friend, Amanda. Uh, we've been married for almost 26 years with three amazing children. Uh, Brianna, who is 23. Uh, Zoe, who is 18. And Gage, our son, who is 12. And we came to re-engage in October 2016 uh, with a marriage that was coming to an end. And I think we both were looking for a little hope and a glimpse of light in a dark world of our own creation. I was adopted at birth, and shortly after that, my parents would divorce, and my mom would remarry. I was raised, <coughs> excuse me, as an only child, spent most of that childhood being physically, emotionally, and verbally abused. Uh, I was a recipient of heavy hands, feet, or any object uh, within reach to inflict maximum punishment, accompanied with words of hate and distaste and disappointment. My parents' use of drugs and alcohol. Uh, would usually lead to physical altercations, threats to kill one another, followed by periods of separation. They would eventually make up, and uh, it would begin all over again. <clears throat> I found some relief when visiting my grandparents during summers, although they were both uh, verbally and physically abusive towards one another, and mirrored my parents' relationship almost exactly. Uh, they were gentle, kind, and loving towards me. I remember finding pornography at their home when I was around eight, and this would quickly be my descent into a horrible addiction that would last more than 30 years. My parents divorced when I was 12, and my mom spent <clears throat> the next five years in and out of relationships with other men, leaving me to grow up in bars with my grandparents to, to attempt to raise me, and I quickly grew up in an adult world where I would push boundaries with girlfriends sought attention from older women in bars, and drank alcohol until the doors closed. All this while balancing school and football. At 15, I could do everything adults were doing without any restrictions. And at 17, my mom would remarry again, and we would relocate to another city. I started a new school, and at this time I found any excuse I could to stay away from home. I dove into football and weightlifting, Filling my days with those things from sunup till sundown. My parents divorced when I was three, and my mom remarried when I was six. We began attending church regularly, and with childlike faith, I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was eight years old. My biological father was an alcoholic and a child molester. My stepdad was physically, verbally, mentally, and religiously abusive. When I was a young teen, my stepdad thought I was lying about something. Repeatedly, I insisted that I was telling the truth, yet he didn't believe me. Each time, he would spank me and then give me another chance to confess. Finally, so exhausted from the spanking, I gave in and admitted to what he thought to be true. And I prayed. I prayed that my parents would get divorced. And I prayed that God would take me to heaven because I didn't want to live anymore. When I look back on my childhood, I always think of myself as the wrong piece to the puzzle. In this new city, I was invited to have free pizza at a local church. Church and God were never part of childhood growing up. And I went for pizza, and this is where I met my wife, Amanda. <laughs> I think we have a photo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that was, that was senior year um, favorites dance, I believe. So we quickly became best friends, often spending hours on the phone, hanging out and going to youth group together. 
I tried hard to keep her at a distance because my life certainly did not match hers. Uh, We were on two different paths, uh, but she was relentless. The more time we spent together, the more I realized I wanted her to be a part of my life forever. Uh, We married in 1993, and it wouldn't take long for me to fall back into my old ways having many affairs. I met Billy on my 17th birthday at a church youth event. He was cute, funny, the life of the party, and a football player. Three months later, we were dating. He proposed our senior year, putting the ring on the wrong finger. (laughs) We moved in together after graduation and married in 1993. I just knew that God sent this man to rescue me from a childhood that had left me so broken. I viewed Billy as my savior. Boy, did I set him up to fail. For God's word says... In Psalm 62, 1, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Within our first year of marriage, we moved in with my parents to attend college. I discovered that Billy was seeing someone else. I was devastated. My mother, whose husband had also been unfaithful, was not supportive of us trying to work things out. In the end, we decided to stay together. We didn't have godly counsel or people in our life to walk alongside us through this decision. Like some couples, we decided this was the perfect time to have a baby. (laughs) Billy worked long hours, sometimes seven days a week. We barely saw each other, and I felt like he wasn't meeting my needs or giving me the attention I felt I deserved. I began a friendly relationship with a guy at work, which led to flirting and then an affair. I told Billy that I didn't love him and that I didn't want to be with him anymore. He called me home to talk, and when I got there, he sat me down, and he began flipping through our photo albums. He said to me, look at all of these great memories. You can't possibly want to throw all of this away. And he was right. I had gotten so wrapped up in myself that all I could remember was the bad stuff and none of the good. Again, we didn't have a support system, and we didn't seek godly counsel. We stuffed all the hurt deep down inside and went on with our life. Drinking became a daily part of my life. So on the day that I met my wife, I also asked Jesus to take up residency in my heart. But I was not transformed, and for the next 30 years, I would not obey him nor make a sincere effort to live for him. My public profession that day was worthless. In fact, it was counterproductive, did more harm than it did good, and I had no right calling myself a follower of Jesus. I claimed that which I did not practice. I claimed to be what I did not live. I was a wolf in sheep's clothing. 1 John 1.6 says, If we say we're in fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. Here I was thinking that getting saved, getting married, would stop all the bad stuff I was doing the pornography, the drinking alcohol, the pursuing of women. I thought that somehow I'd unhitch this trailer of trash and leave it to slowly fade in the rearview mirror. All I did was pack the trailer up and bring it with me. Our marriage was never hostile. There was never any screaming, uh, physical or verbal abuse. Uh, When together, I think we seemed normal as most. Uh, My wife's first affair was a shock, uh, but it seemed to balance the checkbook, uh, so to say, for me. But in 2001, I would find myself in yet another affair with a co-worker. Proverbs 26, 11, like a dog that returns to his vomit, 
is a fool who repeats his folly. In 2004, I was chasing a football dream, working in a gym as a personal trainer, and I can tell you the gym was the last place I needed to be. Knowing that I was on the verge of destroying my life and my families with my behavior, I quit out of the blue and started my own business. Doing this allowed me to control my environment, create some boundaries for myself, and hopefully change the path that I was on. I was thinking that I had turned a corner in my life, but the thoughts of the past played like a broken record in my head, and the devil had a hold on me. It was constantly reminding me of the destruction that I left behind, that I had not and I could not change. Chained to my regrets, I chased Jack Daniels daily, occupied my downtime with pornography, and had yet another affair with my wife's coworker. Our foundation was built upon quicksand, and it quickly sank beneath our feet. Baby number two came four years later, and baby number three, six years after that. On a business trip in 2008, I went out to a bar with a group of business associates. That night, I was raped by a business associate from another region that I had met earlier that day. Upon return home, I kept my secret. I struggled with the guilt and the shame of the rape. I felt it was my fault. I would have never had a That would have never happened had I stayed in that evening. I kept my secret and my daily alcohol consumption increased. I began reconnecting with old high school crushes on Facebook. This opened the door to my seeking attention, acceptance, and validation from other men and another affair. After Billy discovered the affair, we sought counseling for a short while and decided to relocate to Dallas for a fresh start. However, I secretly continued searching for fulfillment outside of our marriage. We sought counseling again for a couple of months, and I confessed everything, the rape and the sexual sin. We still didn't have a support system and continued through life clinging to each other for salvation. In 2016, I was sexually assaulted by a coworker. The cycle of my sexual sin started all over again. I began to drink heavily, two to three bottles of wine a day, and taking high doses of anxiety medications to avoid acknowledging my sin. Billy discovered a secret email account on my phone, and I knew it was over. In that moment, I saw my future as an alcoholic, drug-addicted divorcee that would be alone for the rest of my life. Over the course of the next week, I confessed everything and told Billy that I was going to check out a biblical 12-step recovery program called Regeneration at Watermark Church. In hopes of repairing what was left of our marriage, I sold my business and we moved to Dallas. I guess I was thinking that the problems we had possibly couldn't follow us 500 miles away. In October of 2016, I would catch my wife in yet another affair Lost and devastated with this news, and for the first time in my marriage, I was completely done. Not just with marriage, but with life, period. I just couldn't see any way back from any of this stuff. But I did rise to the occasion and admit my affairs from 2001 and with my wife's coworker, with the intention to inflict some of the pain that I was feeling. Nothing left. I put all the cards on the table, and I knew we were finished. Wandering around lost, confused, and broken, 
I came to Watermark's 12-step biblical recovery program called Regeneration on a Monday night just to monitor my wife. Listening to the testimony, the guy on the stage was me. He was talking to me. It was about me. But he was filled with so much joy. His story sounded so beautiful. I was thinking that I wanted that so badly. A couple of weeks later, we found Reengage. I remember the first night listening to the Wingfield's testimony. I couldn't relate to anything they were saying. <laughs> Frustrated, thinking that I might be in the wrong place, we moved down front and heard a brief testimony from the Coxes. And I instantly found some of that hope I mentioned earlier. Hearing their story, quickly placed in the Wingfields group, <laughs> I had serious doubts about how we would be accepted. But I found family within that closed group, something I've never had growing up. Hearing our story, they didn't run away. I also found my mentor at that time, who challenged me like a father and continues to still today. The circle that they talk about drawing around yourself is where my relationship with the Lord and my bride flourished. I knew I couldn't fix my spouse. Trying only left me tired, hurt, and angry. Now focusing on myself, I had been doing that in my entire life, a me-centric kind of life. This time I just needed to invite the Lord into the circle with me and give him the keys to my life. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. In May of 2017, I rededicated my life to Jesus and this time I found transformation. I'm 29 months sober from alcohol and pornography. Now, re-engage was brutal at times. Arguments about why I rated my marriage of zero. Arguments in the parking lot. Nights that we didn't want to come. And with every meeting and every turn of the page, we slowly started to find our way back. Looking back now, I realized I didn't have a marriage problem. I didn't have a drinking problem, and I didn't have a pornography problem. I had a Jesus problem. The problem was that I chose life without him. And I chose all those things over him, and that was leading me to death and to the death of my marriage. Through the regeneration program, I learned that my identity is in Christ and that I was created to have a personal relationship with him and to do his good works. I learned that my sins and addictions don't define me. And when Satan tries to use them against me, I meditate on Hebrews 8.12, For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. And I take comfort in Psalm 103.10. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. During this time, we also learned about Watermark's re-engage program. On that first night, when asked to rate our marriage on a scale of 1 to 10, I think I rated our marriage an 8. I had compartmentalized my sin so much that I was disillusioned that my sin and addiction could be connected to my marriage. Through re-engage, God taught me that there is freedom in being known and that God never intended us to go it alone. Today, we communicate better, we seek forgiveness quickly, and when that fear bubbles up from within us, we seek community to pray with us, to ask the hard questions, and to encourage us. 
So I wasn't honest with my marriage rating of a zero. It was closer to a negative 10. Today it's an eight and only an eight because we have so much more work to do to heal and to bring oneness in our marriage. I cannot depend on myself. I cry out to the Lord to give me strength to fight the sin. I put God first in my life. I read God's word daily. I listen to the Holy Spirit and I rest in God's love. Guys, if you're here tonight, we hope God's story in our marriage gives you hope. There's no mistake why you're here tonight. God doesn't make mistakes. You're in a safe place, surrounded by hope, surrounded by people who are going to love you through this journey called Reengage. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I think what blows my mind is that Christ knew every stupid, foolish thing we would ever do. He saved us, he called us, and he blessed us anyways. Thank you for letting us share. To God be the glory.